Unfortunately, there's no James Ellsworth or P.D. Williams to help me through this interview. I know James Ellsworth has mentioned several times that he is a he knows and is a friend of my, the guest that I'm going to have for this Fourth of July podcast special for you. It's a guy that we become I become friends with over the years when I was doing fantasy baseball. He came on and talked about the Slump Busters. Go look it up. Great story. I, I'm pleased to introduce somebody that I geek out every time he comments. It, it's like I, I, I made it moment, but when I post wrestling stuff, he comments, he likes it, he shares it. It, it brings a smile to my face. My friend, Dimitri Young. What's going on, Dimitri? Uh, not a whole lot, Dennis. You know, I'm living in, living the dream in Southern California where it's always great weather. So, all year long. And I'm jealous, by the way. But uh, quick reference for people that are like, who's Dimitri Young? Because it's tough for wrestling fans who are not sports fans. But you're a former Major League Baseball player. You played with the Cardinals, the Reds, the Tigers, the Nationals. You're a two-time All-Star. You've won a MLB Comeback Player of the Year award, I believe, 2008, 2007-ish, somewhere around there? Yeah, 2007. There you go. And but, but more importantly, uh, I had a speaking role back in 2005 Survivor Series where WWE hosted it in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, if anybody remembers that, Edge and I had a, yeah, we had a little speaks going on between each other. We, it was a good time. We will play that at the end of this podcast for the fans. If you've not heard it, it is it's great because when I when I made the switch from fantasy football to wrestling, you were one of the first people that messaged me and said, "Hey, uh, you know I'm a wrestling fan," and I did not know that, and you blew me away with your like NWA this and that. Man, I'm a huge fan. Let's talk about how you became a wrestling fan. <clears throat> <laughs> oh man well we gotta go all the way back to my childhood for that one. with that whole hulk hogan rock and wrestling cindy lopper mtv all that stuff mr t that was when i first got into wrestling but then i also had cable meaning wtbs had nwa and you had a whole bunch of guys that was trash talking and, 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 and they didn't look like they had an occupation to be a, 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 a character. Like these guys seem like when they leave the wrestling ring, they're the exact same person that they are in that ring. You had the four horsemen, you had dusty Rose, you had Magnum TA, you had the road warriors, not the Legion of doom, but the road warriors. And with the four horsemen, that was when it um, originally had Ole Anderson and then later replaced by Lex Luger, which was my favorite four horsemen. You had the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express. I mean, I can go on and on about that television title. and Wow. And Paul, Paul Jones' army. You never cease to amaze me with your wrestling knowledge. It blows me away. Did you, was there a point, because you're, big dude you're not small and i don't mean like weight wise like you're tall you're muscular was there ever a period where you thought 
you know what, maybe I'll become a wrestler instead of a Major League Baseball player. No, not not at that not at the time when I was trying to be a major league baseball player. But you know, you watch some of those T V shows and, and what was the movie? Um what was that? Happy Gilmore? Yes. When um the the teacher uh moonlighted as a wrestler? Uh no, the I principal? think principal was it the blob? Well yeah, I remember that. But, yeah, yeah I, I was Was it no Happy Gilmore was the golf one. Oh no, Billy Madison. Billy, Billy Madison. Madison, there we go. Yes, yes. Wow. So you you go the baseball route. How much wrestling was still influencing you during during your baseball career? Because you probably didn't have a lot of time at that point to watch wrestling. Was it something you made it a point to do? What? Oh, there was plenty of time. You know, the whole, the whole um, war between WCW and um, WWF at the time. Yeah, that was that was right when I was in the big leagues. I was with the Cincinnati Reds, who I had a a, a few guys who are also huge wrestling fans. One of them to be known on MLB Network, Sean Casey, and then the other guy being Danny Grace. We were all huge, huge wrestling fans, and the Flying Brian Pillman event was held at Xavier High School one year, and uh, all three of us not only attended. But Sean Casey was a referee for one for one match, and then Danny Graves and I, at the end of the whole event, we were managers for Eddie Guerrero's and um, Rey Mysterio, who was it, Perry Saturn. What? Yeah, who was the last guy? God, I'm drawing a blank. Malenko. Oh, yeah. Was it Dean Malenko? Because yeah. he would have been the last guy in that group, I right? believe it was. There you go. Holy... I believe it was. And... um. And, and I know I, uh, I might get crucified for mentioning Chris Benoit was there. And, you know, we know the medical problems and stuff that he had. But he was he was there and he was very, he was a very kind person. And, I mean, we had, um, I mean, we had Raven was there. I mean, we had guys from different places outside of WWF. That, that that's amazing did you did you ever invite any of these guys out to games did they ever come out to games uh, you, sometimes you'll see guys throw out first pitches was there like a rick flair or somebody that would come back and you just geek out more than anybody else well there was like i said there was a host of us and we all used our because back then you know the, the 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 baseball world really wasn't getting mainstream and and bringing fans in when you cross you know athletes together and and they didn't they didn't get it at that time we brought out um diamond dallas page and and goldberg when goldberg was the champion boy that belt's heavy the the, the big gold oh wow the real one yeah we all took pictures eddie tobinsey uh barry Larkin, the captain I mean, everybody was in it. Pokey Reese even took a picture. He's not even a wrestling fan. <laughs> Pokey Reese, I love that guy. The way he used to wear his hat. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah, he he was something else. We do this podcast out of Detroit. Let's fast forward a little bit to your Detroit Tiger years. 
how how was the wrestling scene in the Tigers Clubhouse? Was there a, a huge wrestling presence in the Tigers Clubhouse? No, it wasn't. Uh, I was almost like I was like Barry Corbin before he became the constable. It was the long wolf. That that has to suck when you're on a team and nobody shares that connection with you. Yeah, it was tough because I. I I had it plentiful in Cincinnati, and when I got traded, it was like, yeah, you're going to have to cut off your ties to all wrestling. Like, no. Was, I, I know you were not in St. Louis a, a long time, but St. Louis is a big wrestling town. Was there a big wrestling presence in that clubhouse? No, I was a rookie at that time. I had to go fetch coffee and, and be quiet and, and only be heard when I'm – I'm swinging the bat. Yeah, I was a rookie back then. Mm, if they did, I didn't know about it. <laughs> they they weren't really talking to you at that point. No, I had I had to show my worth and and see if I was able to hang here in the big leagues. So you're in Detroit. It's the year 2005. Survivor Series is coming to the Joe Louis Arena. How did the WWE reach out to you or WWF reach out to you in being a well, part of Well, WWE this? at that time. Okay. And at that time, I did have a person. He was non-baseball. He wasn't a baseball player or anything. His name was Dave Bailey. And he helped me build my baseball card collection that I had. The PSA 10 rookie card collection. He, But he was also a, a guy who would... um you know, set up autograph signings and things like that. And he had a, he had people that he knew in the wrestling business, Ross Foreman being one of them. And, uh, who's over you know, in impact wrestling talking. He knew. How I said that again, Ross Foreman is over in impact wrestling now. Yes. Yeah. I think he was over there back then. I, he had, well, Dave had connections with him and he had connections with the WWE people and, you know, they was coming in for, for Survivor Series and, you know, it was like, yeah, hey, you want to have a speaking role against, against Edge? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. And so, you know, get there at like 2.30 in the afternoon and we're going over everything. And I was like, oh, this is real. This is like, real production and, and stuff like that. Top notch, by the way, you know, way back when. And I see where the fascination comes from because you never really see the behind the scenes stuff and, and how much goes into it. You know, like people ask me, you know, what time do you get to a seven o'clock game? Like six o'clock, like a little league game. It's like, Oh, I'm there like at two o'clock. Yeah. For an event like that, they're there at like 12, one. And you understand, and for me, I understood what goes on behind all that to put on what they put on. Dude. And I've been watching wrestling forever, but to be able to see it from the vision of Vince McMahon and now Triple H, who is doing an awesome job with NXT and now 205 Live and all, and all that UK tournament stuff, that's beautiful stuff, by the way. But you get to see how 
they do it and they help me speak into the microphone, you know, speak slowly so everybody can hear every single word. It's like, oh my God, this is like real stuff. Was that and so when I got Oh, go ahead. Was that your first time backstage at any sort of WWE show other than when you were in Cincinnati and you did the Fly and Brian event? No, we've been backstage before, but as far as... And and that's like when we would show up after a a game or whatever and they'll have passes for us and we'll go the special secret sauce way and then we'll see the people in passing. Hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Hey, hey, hey. Then you see people that you never see on television that are wrestlers, but they're back there. I don't know if they're signees and, and they're just seeing what it's like in the locker room, kind of like when a minor leaguer gets called up. But, you know, we're passing by saying hi to everybody and then they'll take us to our seats. Like we're, like we're the featured attraction. It's like, no, we're just athletes who love wrestling. And, but as far as that, that side of it, that was my first time. And, you know, hats off to him. At that point in that afternoon, you you get done. You've got some time to kill. Are you collecting pictures, walking around, asking for pictures? Are you trying to be cool? Because I, I found myself, I was just recently backstage at the latest uh, Impact tapings. And I, I felt like a 12-year-old kid, even though I'm 40. And I'm sitting there trying to act cool, yeah. like, okay, okay, uh, there. Oh my gosh, there's there's Brian Cage standing right behind me. What do you say anything? Do you just look straight? You're a professional baseball player. People come up to you all the time asking for interviews and autographs and pictures. What what do you do at that point? Okay, well, I can fast forward to my uh, like my last year in DC, like in 2009, I was injured, so. I stayed at my my RV at the spring training site, and that's not too far from Orlando and TNA. And so I started going to some of the tapings when I, the guys I know that did the, the – well, the clubhouse guys, would, we would go down there to Universal Studios, and uh, and I knew Mick Foley from way back when with my buddy Dave Bailey and 2005 All-Star game where I invited him to my suite during the All-Star festivities and he brought his son Dewey there when he was younger. It was pretty cool, but, you know, it was just a real fun experience going back, you know, backstage and I got got to meet Sting. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I met Sting. Yeah, starstruck. Yeah, baseball player, you know, I get starstruck over certain people, Hank Aaron, you know, Willie Mays, you know, uh, whoa, Sandy Koufax, yes, sir, okay. You know, you meet those type of people in my field, that's like you just stay, you know, it's like, oh, God, but meeting Sting? Like, oh, that's right, it was the same level. I know. I did that one, too. Flair. Wow. You know, I hadn't met Hulk Hogan yet. Still like to meet him. Um, got to know Roddy Piper a little bit doing podcast out here a few years ago with Robert Fick, FYI. I remember that. You know, you know, you know, certain people in in that wrestling industry, you know, it's like, dude, I grew up watching you. 
And then you look eye to eye with them, and it's like, dang. I didn't know we were the same height and stuff. <laughs> if you could, and we'll go back to 2005 here in a second. If you could do it all over again, would you have pursued a career in wrestling or you you okay with baseball? Oh, I was perfectly fine with baseball, but I think I would have, I think I would have done some training for wrestling. Definitely like in the off season, as opposed to a baseball uh, workout, I would do more of wrestling based, do some, learn the moves and stuff, get in the ring. Oh, speaking of that, I knew um, Abyss before he was Abyss. Tell me that story. Then we'll go back to 2005. What? How? Well, yeah, he's a Cincinnati yeah. guy, right? Oh, yeah. Ohio? Yeah, yeah. They were down there. They had that Heartland wrestling, and they wrestled out of Pills, out of Pills Palace, out of uh, Erlanger, Kentucky. And an uh, uh, old friend of mine, Guy McFadden, who owned it, who owned the building and stuff anyway, they used to put on that event down there, and he was known as Prince Justice at the time. And he would dress in this big blue he looked like a, a it was a big blue singlet with the purple pants he'd walk around with a, a crown on he looked like um lard ass from um stand by me <laughs> and had a crown on and and so and he was like he was a heel obviously and he would just be very pompous and he'll talk a lot of trash to the fans and stuff. And so I came in the ring, and I hit him with a bat in the stomach. I hit, you know, I swung it, and I actually bruised him up because I actually hit him. And then I, I did a Stone Cold Stunner on him. What? And then I forgot who the other guy was. I believe it was Chris Walker. He wound up getting a pin in the victory. I, I'm going to see Abyss. I believe it's uh, July 22nd in Toronto for their Slammiversary pay per view. I'm going to ask him about that. Oh yeah, we talked about that because he had he reminded me that that's who that was. I'm like no, when I saw him at the TNA tapings back in '09, I was like no, no way. Oh my goodness. It was like you remember. It was like I was putting a face together to Abyss, and I never put the connection together until that moment. And I, I liked Abyss when he was the monster and James Mitchell at the beginning, then on his own, and then he's in different groups or whatever. And now he's um, Chris Park, <laughs> lawyer. Yep. Or <laughs> Joseph Park. The progression of his character is great because you see a lot of these guys that don't progress and they still stay the same guy. Like Sting is a prime example of surfer into the crow, and, and that was a great progression, and it probably extended his career 10 years. Yeah, easily. All right, let's go back to 2005. Do you, do you take any pictures with uh, some of the wrestlers at, at, that, at the Survivor Series pay-per-view? Actually, I didn't. Um, there was a photographer there, and they took a bunch of pictures, including a picture with John Cena and then with my sons and John Cena. My sons are now 21 and almost 19, so we're pushing back when they were they were little babies, really. 
Juan was eight, Daniel was about six. And so they're taking a picture with John Cena. You know, I took, um, you know, of course with Edge and Lita. Yeah, I'm not really a picture taker per se. So, you know, I probably should have, especially with all the people I've met over the years, wrestling included, wrestling especially. Right. You know, right along with baseball. Well, you're. I know it sounds funny that, you know, even though this is a wrestling show, I mean, I'm really a wrestling fan. Just finished watching TNA earlier this morning. See, you, you, you have to come with me next time they're somewhere close to a TNA event. Cause it is, it's amazing. And you, you know what, you know, a lot of the guys still that are there. Let's, I, I'm, I'm all over the place. Cause this, this is probably one of I've interviewed Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, let's see here. Eric Bischoff. I've been excited to interview you. you I, I can't tell you if you look through your messages, how many times I'm like, come on, do this with me, do this with me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm geeking out because one of my favorite things to do is interview people outside of the industry that that are also famous that talk about and love the industry and get their point of view. So, 2005, you're in the front row of this pay per view. Do do you are you nervous? Are you just counting down the minutes, or can you enjoy the show? <laughs> oh, funny you should say that. Oh my God, all the practice that we did in the back, all the rehearsing. I'm sitting up there, and the match before is a bloodbath, Triple H and Ric Flair. Oh, my God. Ric Flair gets carried you, out on a stretcher. Compl- yeah, that was, that was a, that a beatdown. That, that was a legitimate beatdown. And my, 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 my part's coming up next, and I drew an absolute blank. <laughs> it was like... Oh, God. Oh, oh, my. Oh, right now is not the time. And all I'm thinking about are past athletes who look terrible when they're on W. They're laughing, and they're not getting the part. They're not making it look real or anything. And I didn't want to be that guy. And so when Edge came out in his music, and then Lita comes out, and then she spots me and comes down there. And by that point, everything just it just went bam, got it. And then we just started going. We we won't talk too much about it because there the fans will be able to listen at the end of the podcast, like I said, to the clip. But you say it all came back to you. There's that rush. Maybe you get that little heat wave of, okay, good. I, I, I'm back on track. Edge says some very funny stuff in there. How hard is it for you not to crack up and laugh? <laughs> Thank God I knew it was coming. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first time <laughs> when we were talking about it, I was dying. And they're like, hey, 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 I know it's funny, but you, you, you seriously, you cannot laugh. You cannot laugh. I was like, okay, okay. All right, you're going to have to tell it to me a couple more times so I can get it all out of me so I can actually be mad. Because he hits you with a great line. <laughs> it, is, it is maybe one of the most underrated, insulted lines in all of wrestling to an athlete. It is amazing. Oh, 
Oh, it, 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 that was a good wham. I mean, you, you, you killed two people with one stone with that one. Bam. Oh, great. Now it's over. You, they, they go on. They do what you do. You sit down. Do you stay there for the rest of the show, or do you go backstage now and hang out? Well, by then, my middle son had to go to the restroom. He's six. So guess who had to take him? Dimitri. There you go. Yeah, and as I'm taking him to the back, they were chanting my name. Wow. That was a cool rush. Bigger rush. Wrestling crowd chanting Dimitri Young or baseball crowd chanting Dimitri Young? Well, naturally, I'm going to go with baseball. The wrestling one was definitely different because that meant you did something right. And when you do something right, you're, we, well, we all know it. You know, this is awesome or this is wrestling. Or they'll yell one guy's name and then say the other guy's name is like, you know, you you got the people involved. You got them hanging on your every word. And it was like, I did my job. Yes. Of course, it was a lot more than yes. You know, it was more like the George Jefferson, <laughs> some James Brown mixing that bad boy. But And then when I went past the, what was that, the gorilla room? Mm-hmm. Where, where Vince was, he shook my hand and was like, that was a great job. That was awesome. And, and I was like, thank you. I got to take him to the bathroom. And then all the wrestlers sitting in the back, or my sports entertainers. Yeah, wrestlers. We're sitting in the back, and they all stood up and, and gave me a standing O. So it was like I came here, and I made their product good. That's and Wow. That- Dude, that's awesome. You You popped the boys. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, you watch it all these years, and I, I didn't want to make it a mockery, you know, pretend or anything like that. It was like, I actually love this stuff. And I keep, you know, I watch all the storylines, even the wacky, terrible storylines, or you'll see your a guy that should be on his way up. You know, they got him in some sticky story. I don't know if they're testing him to see how he can handle the BS role and then reward him with the great role or whatever. But, you know, all the stuff that goes on back there, I totally respect it. And, and I watch religiously and to see some of the guys now that are coming from other places to WWE and they get to keep their name for the most part. And, and they get to show the WWE universe, what wrestling looks like across the globe. That's why WWE's trying to sign all these people. Listen, I know that you have to get going here soon. I do want to ask you uh, one last question before we get into the promotion part. You've done a podcast with Robert Fick. You had a baseball card, uh, I guess, show in the past. Uh, Cards Corner Club Radio. See? Card Corner Radio. Do you have any yeah. interest or or thoughts about getting back into the podcast game, whether it's about cards or maybe wrestling? 
I mean, there's always a possibility. I know it's um, it can be time-consuming, especially with with my schedule bouncing around all over the place. But I do like to talk about wrestling. And the only person I get to talk wrestling to is a buddy of mine who runs the batting cage in the neighboring city of Oxnard, Ernie Valenzuela. This dude is a, he's like, I, I thought I loved wrestling. This dude watches wrestling more than I do. He's, he's into the new Japan wrestling right now. And he's kind of getting me involved in that, that's out of that wrestling. That's some good stuff over there. Great storytelling and great action. This listen, we're gonna be wrestling buddies. I, I think that we've made the first steps into becoming BFFs. We're gonna, you know, have spend the night parties and watch wrestling all night long. This is just my plans. I don't know. You you may have different ones, but <laughs> but I, I, I'm excited that you've you did this. This is something I've been pushing you. I, maybe even a little too much, but th- I was excited about this. Maybe next time you come on, we can actually have someone more important than me do the interview with, like either PD or James Ellsworth. Let's talk about. Ooh, what, that's right. Let's talk about what you have going on. You're doing a lot of work in the community. You've done stuff over over the years for. Was it uh, uh, selling your cards? I believe to help uh, a baseball school in Ventura County. Uh, you you do so much. Oh stuff. well, well, what it was once I had my card collection, it was pretty much completed, and just decided you know let somebody else enjoy these cards like I did. And got a pretty penny for it. Helped start up my foundation, which serves as a bridge between kids that can play but can't play. Kids that can play but can't pay an opportunity. So I serve as that bridge to help them get to different camps or travel ball or whatnot. And from there, and currently what I'm doing, I deal with amateur baseball. I'm with the youth. And I do stuff with Major League Baseball and USA Baseball with the Breakthrough Series, which is a showcase for high school-aged African-American kids, black kids, and have a showcase for them where college recruiter, pro scouts are there to be able to put them in the system, to keep an eye on these guys, see how they mature before draft time, or give them the ability to be able to go to college. And then we had Elite Development Invitational, which I will be out in Vero Beach, Florida in the next few weeks. And that's a, that's a camp that's held at historic Dodger Town. Yeah, the Dodgers are no longer in Vero Beach. They're in Arizona now. So they still use that facility to have the Elite Development Invitational where we have 150 young student athletes for a week in the in the first ages of 15 to 17 and we play games and we take their times down and we select a team from there to go play in in perfect game events so they get in that system as well so they'll be seeing so we're trying to find the best kids to be able to put out there and also refine young kids abilities not only on the field but off the field and then this past year I was a JV coach at Oaks Christian High School, a prestigious school in Westlake, California. And Royce Clayton is the head coach of the whole school, varsity. And then Jeff Weaver. Yeah, you remember Jeff Weaver from Detroit Tiger days? Yep, Angels yeah, pitcher he's also. Yeah, the pitching coach. 
Wow. That's a, that's yes. a, and Royce Clayton got yep. a raw deal because he was the shortstop, I believe, that replaced Ozzie Smith in St. Louis, right? Yes, and, and and I was that's when I was that's when I came up with the Cardinals during that time. Look at see, I, I, I know my Cardinal history and Royce was a good player, but he was never gonna be Ozzie Smith and uh, you know, it's always hard to replace a legend, especially in baseball. Yeah, but don't tell D.D. Gregorius that. <laughs> Good pull. Good pull. You, listen, uh, guys, you you have to become a fan of Dimitri Young. Whether you love giving back to the community, you're a baseball fan, or as you hear now, a wrestling fan, I know for sure you can go over to Twitter at D.A. Meat Hook Young. Da Meat Hook Young. That's your Twitter I'm glad that you uh, found it and got it going again. Is there any place else that people can find you or, you know, if they're listening and they feel like uh, searching up something you want to send them to? Um, If you want to hear some of the wackiness that comes out of my mouth, you can go online. Apparently, there are still um, shows of FYI that I did with Robert Fick, former Detroit Tiger as well. And we both talk about nonsense, basically, because that's what most people do, talk about nonsense. It it was good. I missed it. I made sure I watched it every week when you guys produced it, because I'm a good friend of Robert's, and I'm a friend of yours. Yes, sir. All right, guys, that's uh, the Wrestling Perspective. Stay tuned. In two seconds, you're going to hear... The most famous promo in Dimitri Young's wrestling career. Get some money in the bank. Wait a minute. What the hell is Angelina doing here? Ed's got the the money in the bank briefcase, but I got to tell you guys, Ed's the one who's scheduled to be a Survivor Series. Well, I'm actually glad he's here since he brought along Lita. Wow, she does look phenomenal tonight. Where's the rest of her top? She really knows how to pack her trunk. Uh-oh. I'll tell you what, I don't care why Edge is here. Anytime Edge is here, I care because he is entertaining. And brother, he looks cool tonight. Anybody that hey. makes those shades look good, Coach, makes what? I just thought of something. What? You think maybe Edge is here to make the announcement? What you think announcement? It's you the talent. You know, call in the... The contract is inside that briefcase. I don't know, but if it is, it'll be a huge announcement tonight. Oh, man. He won that right at WrestleMania. He has until the next WrestleMania to claim that title match. Anytime he wants. Now, I know you all want to see the WWE Championship defended right now, don't you? Well, you're gonna have to wait. You see, because I have a little announcement to make. Starting very soon, we are going to debut our very own show, The Cutting Edge. Cutting Edge? It's catchy. What? I can tell you're excited, you see, because there's not gonna be any fluff. No, no stupid palm trees, no cheesy TV screens, nothing but a live mic and me. And I know that scares a lot of people because I tell the truth. 
I am going to ask the questions that nobody else has the guts to ask. I am going to cut straight to the bone. My lovely co-host. Uh-oh. Say it all you want, you're jealous, because she's mine. But my lovely co-host, Lita, has reminded me that we have a guest in the house. The DH of your Detroit Tigers, Dimitri Young. Stand up, stand up, take a bow. And you see, if I had Mr. Young on my show, I'd ask him a few questions. Like, how does it feel to head to spring training to a team that has no hope in hell of winning the World Series? Now, Dimitri, I gotta ask the question. Is it a lack of talent or a lack of steroids? Now, I'm not saying it's you. I'm not saying you're injecting any foreign substances into your body except a whole lot of cheeseburgers, fatty. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna love the cutting edge. You might be about to get cut off. Salt. But let's but let's face it, baseball is a crock. It's filled with a bunch of overpaid crybabies hooked on amphetamines. What? Amphetamines, King. And they don't they don't care about any of you. They don't care about any of you. But looking at you, why should they? I mean, what does Detroit bring to the table? I mean, you don't exactly foster a winning attitude. Your baseball team hasn't won a championship in 21 years. Your basketball team choked in the finals and lost the championship last year. <laughs> Another fact. Edge is on top of it tonight. That is a lie. And your football team, the Lions. Oh, God. He's cutting to the bone. He now. can't even say anything about them. They play on Thanksgiving. And they make me thankful for a few things. You see, I can fall asleep halfway through the game because I know they're going to lose. <laughs> Good showing this week. <laughs> they lost 27 to 7 to okay, Atlanta. Okay, okay. The other thing they make me thankful for is that I don't have to live in the Motor City cesspool. Hey, uh, baby, it looks like our baseball player dude, I think he wants to say something. Okay, well, the cutting edge is an equal opportunity show, so Mark Henry, you... <laughs> Mark Henry, wait a minute. Dimitri Young, you've got something to say? Well, then, by all means, let's add to the show. Yeah. Lita, do you mind being my roving reporter? Okay, let, let's see what Mr. Young has to say. Hey guys, do you think Dimitri Young speaks English? What are you talking about? Well, I'm just wondering if he really does have something to say. This guy's one of the top baseball players in the game. Maybe he All speaks right, Ebonics. Oh, well, you know, we do have something in common. It's very simple. I hit balls, you have no balls. <laughs> there you go! <laughs> That's a pretty good retort. 
can personally match. Oh, no, no, no. And you want to talk about championships in this great city? Detroit Tigers, five championships. Detroit Pistons, three world championships. And the Detroit Red Wings. There you go, look at that. A bunch of those. Do they still play hockey? Yeah. Hey, need I say more? Oh yeah, one more thing. Edge, where is your world championship? Touche. That's a good question. Who got cut? If this is what the cutting edge is gonna be like, I'm gonna enjoy it too. <laughs> the edge can have the world championship anytime he wants. Baby. We're getting out of here. Just like Ford, just like GM, we're leaving the stinking city. Screw you! Screw you! I'll tell you what, if I was disrespected like Ed was just disrespected, what? I would leave too. They were rude. Ed was disrespected. There you go. That is the Dimitri Young promo Survivor Series 2005. Uh, I guess. I'm going to throw in that we don't own the copyrights of that. Uh, WWE does. Uh, thank you, Dimitri Young, for coming on to the podcast. If you are a wrestling fan and this is the first time you are listening to The Wrestling Perspective, go over to WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. I do two weekly podcasts, one with James Ellsworth. That's called The Dugcast. It will be at StarCast, believe it or not. A lot of, a lot of casts here. I do the Wrestling Perspective, which is the flagship show with myself and P.D. Williams. It's only flagship because it was the first one, but I, I, the James Ellsworth is equally loved. Go over to Wrestling Perspective Podcast. You can get all the links. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find the link there. You can listen to the podcast right off the website. If you're on iTunes, head over to iTunes. Look up Wrestling Perspective subscribe it's free rate five stars it's free leave a comment it's free it helps us move up the algorithms so we can get more eyes on the product we are growing an amazing community over at facebook wrestling perspective podcast on facebook go like it be part of the community we pd and i james and i we do a lot of uh, fan emails we're working on putting in a little phone line so we can take calls at certain times so watch our social media for a phone number to pop up and you can be part of the podcast we continue to try to bring you cool and different wrestling talk thank you this week to dimitri young happy fourth of july everybody we have one more podcast we'll release for fourth of july that will be a special podcast i'm not sure what it's going to be but It'll be me and a couple buddies sitting around. We're either going to talk wrestling or do a watch along. We'll give you a heads up. We appreciate everything you, the fans, do. Thank you so very much. Dennis Farrell, follow me on Twitter at Dennis77Farrell. Uh, it's been fun. Great. Dimitri Young, one more time. Thank you. And we'll see you guys uh, the week after 4th.